Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name's Brent. And this episode, if you have a powerful hankering, you're in luck. We've got exactly what you need. It's SST-165, the Minuteman Post-Mersh Volume 3 compilation. We have, of course, had the Minuteman on a ton of times on this show, but we've got some new tracks and new releases to go through on this episode with this comp, which is cool. Of course, when we have a Minuteman episode, it's also a tribute to D. Boone each and every time, and really looking forward to getting into it. But before we get into this release, Brent, I have a test for you as part of my spiels. Spiel one. Take our test. Take our test. Are you ready? Say when. When. I'm a little okay. distracted. My neighbor's just rocking his snowblower right outside my window here. Don't worry. I need you focused. Here we go. Okay, you ready? You ready? Yeah. Okay. It's a three-part test. Oh, boy. Part one. Zero plus two equals? One and a half. Mm. <laughs> that That's showing your ultra nerdiness. I like it. Okay, part two. Part two. Only so many songs can be sung with two lips, two lungs, and? One tongue. Defeat, not? Victory. Very good, Brant. You won. <laughs> you win. The prize is a no-means-no spiel. On the March 1st, Watt from Pedro show, Watt had on Howie Reeve and Andy Kerr. Hmm. Howie Reeve, of course, Watt has uh, done a proj with Howie, a uh, single, a few years back. Andy, of course, is from No Means No. He was the first guitarist who joined the band. And, of course, Brent and I are lifelong mega fans of No Means No. Andy and Howie have a proj called Double Rainbow, which hmm. you can check out on Bandcamp. Andy hardly talks about No Means No at all on the whole episode, but it's cool to hear from Andy. He's not someone who is, you know, he never really does much media, I guess. Um, and even back when he was in No Means No, he always went under different names like Buttercup or whatever. And he always kind of stayed out of the spotlight, but definitely um, a huge fan. Great to hear from Andy. You know what, man? We're Canadian, right? So, like, we always want validation on our culture from Americans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so? so, like, anytime I see DOA getting some love, I, you know, my ears perk up. But it's yeah. even rarer when you hear, like punk musicians talk about no means no yeah well i was gonna say like obviously check out howie and andy's proj but apparently alternative tentacles is teasing a no means no reissue campaign and i'm pumped about that i hope it's i hope it's not just stuff that i already have but even if it all is stuff that i already have it's great to get it out there for maybe more people to discover because it's hard to get yeah. that stuff now yeah, john wright's confirmed that it's happening so yeah can't wait for that hey uh i also have a no means no spiel no way lay wait. it on me you can sneak into my spiel or it's a podcast shout out ryan there's a there's okay. a no means no podcast called no means no thing or no means nothing oh yeah right uh, it's Matthew, Jordan, and Michelle. It sounds like maybe they were all on that No Means No message board. No Means No Whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're definitely fans. Like, they know their shit. Longtime fans. They're, so they're trying to find the best No Means No song of all time. Uh -huh. Which, of course, you've already mentioned it in your test. It's Victory. Everyone knows that. But Victory, of course, followed yeah. closely by The River, probably. But probably. 
keep going. Yep. Uh, so like the latest episode is they pit songs against each other, right? And they have like a computer program set up to, to generate the two songs that will go head to head. Okay. Just randomly. So like the last episode, Life in Hell went up against the Valley of the Blind. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. Wow. I won't spoil it for you, but uh, so then, you know, once they go through all the songs, then I guess the remaining songs will go up, up against each other again until victory is the, the last song standing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until it defeats, until it defeats the river and declares victory. Right. <laughs> yeah, nice. But they know their shit and they dissect Rob's lyrics uh, really well, which is something I suck at. So I'm really enjoying their podcast. It's really well done. Uh, they have a lot of passion for the band as you and I do too. So yeah. uh, I totally appreciate that. Uh, my only complaint about the show is I wish it was more frequent. Yeah. Well, how yeah. often, how often does it come out every two weeks? Don't it? Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Jeez, man, you can squeeze in more podcasts than that in a two week time frame, eh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, check that out, though. It's it's good, Ryan. Yeah. Have not done it. Will do it. I'm glad we got a uh, two no means no spiels in a row. You know what that's called, hey? A zero plus two equals one banger? Nope. That's a zero <laughs> plus two equals two banger. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Here's my next spiel for you. Okay. get You got your ears on? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to go multimedia on you here. Hang on. Here we go. Leopold. That's right, folks. It's a Leopold spiel. <laughs> so I was following up on a recommend that you made re with respect to a band called 400 Blows. Mm -hmm. And I ordered their CD 3-19-98 from a band camp record label page total annihilation records and eddie from the band leopold writes back and you'll remember leopold is a band uh, eddie reached out to you and said hey i bet you guys would like this band i was in leopold and, and he we do and he was damn right on that that uh disc the wreck of hope we're both fans of for sure and their single uh, but he sent a postcard when I got my 400 Blows disc in the mail. It says, Ryan, thanks for your support. Please let the folks know our stuff is finally up on Bandcamp. All the best, Eddie. So go check out Total Annihilation Records on Bandcamp. Obviously, there's Leopold there. Also, 400 Blows. And Eddie also gifted me this disc uh, by this band, Sleestack. Sleestack with a K that I've got to check out yet and I'm looking forward to it. So that's your Leopold update. Now, Brant, for my uh, my third and second last spiel, we've got to go into a particular zone. Can you take me there? Sure. We're going to go in twice this episode then. Let's head over, Ryan. We're Actually, we're going to go in three times if you want to get technical about it. I do. Ultra technical. Do it. Let's head into uh, the comp zone. Nice. And on this comp zone segment, what's on base? Oh, it's uh, you're, you're, it's a you're combining spiels now, or combining. Uh, that's right. This is yeah. a this is fusion spiel, <laughs> spiel fusion. Okay, ready? It's I'm a ready. it's a comp called whore. Various artists play wire. Yeah, I know it. 
Yeah, it's a new comp to me, and um, I'm checking it out. I'm loving it, obviously, because I'm a big fan of Wire. There's a tie-in, though, to this spiel that I'm going to give about Wire and a spiel I'm going to give probably in in History Lesson 2, so hang tight. Um, but various artists doing Wire. There's Godflesh, Customized, Band of Susans, Fudge Tunnel, there's a lot of great bands. Lee Ronaldo is on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Mike Watt does the song The 15th from the excellent Wire album from 1977, 154. And 154 is going to come up in a few minutes. But let me give you the spiel. Uh, every band actually gives a spiel about Wire in the liner notes, which is really cool. But here's Watt's spiel, which is, you know, it's pure Watt. And we've heard it. We've heard this before, but I like this version here too. In 1977, I saw this record called Pink Flag. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. Here was music that used formulas that were entirely their own. They owed nothing to the traditional verse-chorus, verse-chorus thing. They had an authentic voice. It seemed like the song itself was the focus. It would seem impossible to ever estimate the effect Wire had on me and Dee Boone when the Minutemen started. The perspective they lent us by them just being themselves was a mind blow from which we never recovered. Very wow. true. Very cool comp. Check that yeah. out. You're scooping one of my spiels. This song's on my phone right now, actually. Oh, no way. For a future spiel. so Or oh. this uh, that album, I mean. So it's like a fusion spiel scooper. Yep. Dang it. Okay, well, here, let me uh, let me recover with my fourth and final spiel. And the theme here is homework, Brent. Okay, so we're out of the comp zone right now. Well, no. My homework is still in the comp zone. Okay. That's why I have, you know, spiel three and four back to back. I'm not just making this up, man. Okay? okay. My homework from last episode was to check out this comp. Yes. Yep. The future looks bright ahead, which was a, uh, a Posh Boy SST co-release. And if you'll recall, Stefan mentioned that the the Fat EP songs on this comp were a different mix than on the actual release. And you gave me homework to listen to it and check it out and say yay or nay. Okay. So the answer is yay, a different mix. Hmm. It's is it like that discernible? It is. I would say it's it's a pretty distinctive mix i'm embarrassed to say i never really noticed it before frankly my cassette setup is not the greatest you know it's not super high fidelity so it's i probably just and it's possible that it's like oh i've heard these songs a million times before and i never really noticed it right um because i wasn't really listening deeply to it but when you play them back to back totally discernible almost sounds like different vocal takes the mix Mm. is so different i'll have to play it for you next time you're here very interesting. Yeah. So check her out. I mean, a different mix can make a big difference, man. Like, yeah. it, vocally too. Like, I just got the Guar Scum Dogs of the Universe remix. And I mean, they're the original vocals. I, I don't think they record, re-recorded anything instrumentally, but they, they may have. But, I mean, Odorous obviously couldn't, or Dave Brocky couldn't redo the vocals because no. he's not with us anymore. Uh, but it sounds like a completely different record. 
Hmm. Super interesting. I mean, if you know that album, like I do really well, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, for those who are looking for like, you know, old school descendants that they've never heard before, check out those, the future looks bright comp version fatty P tracks. And that'll, that'll be a mind blower. Hmm. Yeah. You and I must've been on this, had some ESP going this week or something. Cause I've got a Stefan spiel too. Lay it on me. Okay, so uh, Troy Wright hit us up with some info on where Carl Alvarez was when the call came in from Bill Stevenson. The pad. That en- yeah, that ended with him heading out to L.A. To, a- to audition. So get this, Ryan. Troy Wright is bassist in the great Toxic Shock CZ band Tree People. Oh, no way. Yeah. And Tree People's drummer is a dude named Wayne Flower who previously to Tree People played in Boise hardcore band State of Confusion. Mm. So Troy sent over a link to a blog called amusichistory.blogspot.com, which is Wayne Flowers' fantastic history of State of Confusion and the Boise scene. There's some great tour stories on there, uh, some flyers and stuff. That's really cool if you want to read up on that that kind of scene. Uh So here's a story from his blog. He says, The next part of this blog will cover one of those decisions you make in life that is a turning point for yourself and as a result for others, a place where your life could have gone one direction, but you chose another. Over the years, State of Confusion in Boise and in other cities had the pleasure of playing shows with some of hardcore punk's finest bands, including the ever-lovable band from L.A., Descendants. The Descendants seemed genuinely impressed by State of Confusion whenever they played with us, especially their drummer, the infamous Bill Stevenson, who was the leader of the band and had the godlike stamp of having played in Black Flag. He complimented me on my bass playing a couple of times, which I of course appreciated, but never got cocky about. One day, I was hanging out upstairs from my apartment at Pat and his girlfriend's apartment, uh, Pat being Pat... uh, Schmall John, who was the vocalist for uh, State of Confusion, Ryan. Mm. Uh, and the phone rang. The call was from Bill Stevenson. Hanging out with us at the time were friends from Salt Lake City, Utah, members of a band called Pravda, named after the revolutionary Soviet newspaper of the same name, who had played a show in town the night before. One member of Pravda was the former bass player of the aforementioned Salt Lake City band, the Massacre Guys, uh-huh. one Carl Ar- Alvarez. Carl was always a gentleman, even in the crazy old days. At any rate, Bill Stevenson asked Pat if he could talk to me. I grabbed the phone. Mr. Stevenson told me that the bass player for the Descendants was no longer in the band and they were shopping for a bass player and he wanted to know if I would play bass in the Descendants. But reality crashed upon me like a hammer. Playing in the Descendants required moving immediately to L.A., a place I found repulsive. More importantly, my mother was in the midst of treatment for cancer and could die at any time. This made it a no-brainer decision. On top of that, a street was about to come out, actually distributed by a label in Seattle. The aforementioned Subcore Records, A Street is the is an album by State of Confusion. Ah, yes. So I had to explain about my mother to Bill. He gave me his condolences and asked if I knew any other bass players that may be interested. Carl had been listening and stood up. I'll talk to him. And so he did. Carl talked to Bill, flew down, and tried out for the Descendants. 
He was and is a fantastic bass player, and of course was in. And Carl called his old friend Stefan, the former Salt Lake City punk rock god lead man for Massacre Guys, uh, who was studying classical music in D.C. at the time. He also tried out. Thus, the final lineup for the Descendants album All was formed, and also the seeds for later band All, right there in Pat's apartment in Boise, Idaho in 1986. Wow. Yeah. So Mystery solved. Mystery solved. So there you go. Have you ever heard State of Confusion? I probably have, like way, way back, but um, nothing is jumping out at me now. Yeah. It's going to be homework after this episode for sure. Yeah, same. I don't think there's any recorded output from that from the band Pravda, though. Yeah, it doesn't ring a bell either. Yeah, I couldn't find anything. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist, though. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks to Troy Wright for hitting us up with some info. No doubt. A dude from the band Tree People listens to our podcast, Ryan. I love that. Hey, guess what? What? We listen to Tree People. We do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's another spiel, Ryan. So likely it was podcast pal Michael T. Fournier who first tipped us to Kevin Grant's band Gas Kill. Right. Remember they did a stellar front-to-back cover of My War called Our War? Remember? Yep. Remember? Uh, you can hear that up on their Bandcamp page. Uh, they also have a, a couple great records called, one's called Granite Iron Oak and another called Special Weapons Gas Kill. Kevin was also the vocalist in a cool band uh, I know I recommended to you, Ryan, called The Hidden. Yes, right. There's, there's an album called Winged Wolves from 2006, which is a good yep. place to start. Yep. Uh, these are New Bedford, Massachusetts bands, by the way. So his newish band, which I also know I've talked about before, Wirelines, uh, had a great album in 2019, their debut, Terminal. Uh, they have a killer new album called Harvest Verses. It's up on Bandcamp. Uh, the vinyl's still forthcoming, Ryan. Uh, it's great melodic post-hardcore, great playing, great vocals. You'd really like that. You should check that out. Wirelines, Ryan. Will do. Okay, back into The Comp Zone. And we're going to stay there for the rest of the episode too, Ryan. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Okay. Speed Trials, 1984 Homestead Records. Yeah, man. So Speed Trials, we've probably talked about this before on the show, was a five-day festival of music and performance held on May 4th through 8th at White Columns Gallery in New York City. Over 100 musicians, dancers, and artists were featured, encompassing a wide range of styles, attitudes, and ideas. This is off the back of the record, by the way. This record does not attempt to document the whole scope of speed trials. A complete documentation would obviously have been impossible, but focuses on a few specific bands and the music they were making at the time. Self-baiting, painfully raw, and deliriously clear. 1983, mixed by Wharton Tears. And White Columns has a website, whitecolumns.org, and there's a cool section on these performances. There's press releases, posters, reviews of the show from the New York Times and other newspapers. Yeah, it's a weird mix on that comp, eh? Yeah, they did another one of these with Flipper, actually. I didn't realize until I was on that website. There's a poster for it. Yeah, some of the recordings, very primitive sounding, uh, but it works. Good enough. There's an early Beastie Boys on here with their track Egg Raid on Mojo. Sonic Youth has a track called Dig This, which is actually 
a collage of She's in a Bad Mood, Confusion is Next, Shaking Hell, The World Looks Red, and The Burning Spear edited into one piece. The Fall has two great tracks, Tempo House and Smile. Live Skull has a track. Lydia Lunch performs with Swans backing her up. And I believe it's Michael Gerard uh, doing some spoken word with her. Elliot Sharp's Carbon has a track on here. We'll be seeing them again later uh, with their SST releases. Uh, this, there's a Swans track, which is cool. And the album ends with Toy Killers, which was Mark E. Miller and Charles K. Noyes. And we'll be seeing both of them again uh, as they both played with Elliot in Carbon. So this album's also got some stuff on the tree. So we're really mixing up our spiels tonight. We're kind of hitting on a little bit of everything here. That's it, Ryan. Those are my spiels. Good one. All right, well, let's stay in the comp zone and go over to History Lesson Part 1. Spill the beans and make me sing. History Lesson Part 1. All right, so like I said, we've had the Minutemen on a ton on the show, which is a good thing. That's a good thing. Every time we have the Minutemen on, love the excuse to do a deep dive and listen to their stuff all week long. Never, ever get tired of it. Um, We'll cover some of the episodes that we've had on the show in history lesson part two in fact when we go through the tracks and we've obviously mentioned some of the sources the main sources that we go through on uh, the pod before like the we jam econo documentary and the excellent indispensable wailing of a town book by craig abara yep we'll also uh, do a bit of a of a dive into henry rollins get in the van book on this episode. So make sure to have that handy. And then another book that I don't think we've mentioned before on the show called spiels of a minute man by Watt. Uh, it came out on this, it came out by this uh, publisher, Lois de Crevan. Isn't that the one you talked about before where he like lit his balls on fire or something like that? No dude, that's the, that's the hell on wheels book. I'll mention that in a second. Yeah. No, we're going to talk about the hell on wheels book too. The, the spiels of a Minuteman book is, um, it's a really interesting book that came out and it's, it's all in, you know, in English 2003, this came out all in English on the left hand side and then reproduced en français. And the right hand mm, side. I bet you that's the same company that did the um, Byron Coley one because it's it's the same size as that kind of yeah. square, and it's the same format. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that that existed. I'll have to check that out. I bet it's the same company. Cool, Lois de Cravon. Um, it's very cool, obviously, because it's you know Mike Watt and the Minutemen. It has lots of uh, Raymond Pettibone art in it. It's got some spiels from Thurston Moore, some spiels from Joe Carducci in it. It also has all of Mike's lyrics for Minuteman songs. And it's also got a Minuteman Black Flag UK tour journal in the back, Ooh. which we'll be getting into a bit of in a moment. Nice. nice. Um, but since we've been through a lot of the history of the Minutemen before, I wanted to start off our our spiels on this release with a couple of books and one of which you already mentioned. And, and I'll mention this one first to give you a spiel out of this one. Hell on wheels. This is a tour stories comp compilation book by a guy named Greg Jacobs. And Watt has got a Minuteman firehose chapter in it. 
the uh, and he has um, a bunch of spiels about different Minutemen and Firehose tours, and he names them like there's one called Gun Fun, there's one called right. ba- Base Snap, <laughs> Turd House. I think right. the one you were talking about is called Ball Swell. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. 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 So that's not what we're going to talk about. There's also one called Chow Heave. Um, this is one we're going to talk about. Uh, I thought, well, here, here's the one I thought I would spiel about because it's really near the end of the Minutemen. And again, like just before D Boone, unfortunately passes away because these comps came out after this one is called Stooge Roast. Okay. okay. Yeah. Stooge Roast. In the middle of the Minutemen's co-conspirators tour in the fall of 85, I went to pick Kira up at Newark Airport after soundcheck. We were playing in Manhattan, NYC. The whole tour, I was wearing army clothes with a beard, sort of a Castro parody. And we've all seen that look, right? Three-way tie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so here's Mike Watt looking like Castro and going, and going to the airport. It kind of writes itself. All right. Anyway, at the airport, there was construction on a new addition, and these automatic doors would not open. When I opened them myself, two plainclothes police grabbed me and threw me against the counter and completely, I mean completely, searched me, saying, All all right, what's up with you, Mr. Iranian? (laughs) There, something different. Something different to start us off on uh, some... Watt and Minutemen spiels. Then I wanted to give you a couple of spiels out of this book that Mike did called On and Off Base. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen this one? I have, yep. So it's from 2012 on Three Rooms Press from New York City. It's a photographic memory book by Watt. And it has just pictures of all over the place that he has been on tour. Most of them are scenes of, of water and, uh, and or near the water boats and a lot of um you know sea animals and then there's just some kind of abs- abstract spiels or or thoughts um around the time that he took these photos i want to end with one about d boone which we've kind of heard before in the Wejami kano documentary but i thought it would start with this one brant which is a uh, a remembrance of Watt from june 26th 2004 Saskatoon Canada Hmm. and I bet dollars to donuts this might be a show that you booked and anyways here's what Watt said Kira wants to see the town by foot so we hoof this must have been a dose show right yeah it was yeah I dig the hours we spend just checking things out I haven't spent this much time with her in years and then it's got a picture which looks a heck of a lot like every single telephone <laughs> pole in Saskatoon. Yep. Um, so I, that one's kind of for you anyways. Awesome. Then here's one from December 2006, December 4, 2006, Zurich, Switzerland. And I thought that this is a good way to start getting into the release itself. Watt kind of mentions this first encounter with D. Boone in the We Jam Econo documentary. But this one is a little bit, got a little bit more color on it. It also mentions Dee's brother, which will come up later in the episode. Mm-hmm. When, I'm, when I first met Dee Boone, I had never heard of George Carlin, but he had. His half-bro Jim had given him a George Carlin album. 
the first time I walked to my pad with D. Boone, wanting to show him where I had just moved from Navy housing, this right after he had jumped out of a tree on me, thinking I was a friend of his named Eskimo, he started reciting all the bits from that record, and me not knowing who George Carlin was believed D. Boone was making all this up on the spot. Though he never said he did, he was just reeling them off the top of his head. And I was thinking to myself, this has got to be the smartest dude ever in the world. Man, it blew me away, and I wanted to be his friend right then, forever. <laughs> yep. One thing I wanted to mention, Ryan, is I actually have an SST press release dated November 4th, 1987, and it's one of those additions to the current catalog. Oh, yeah. And it actually lists SST 165 as The Blasting Concept Volume 3. Oh, no way. Yeah. I wonder what was that in that. Yeah, like I wonder if that was going to be unreleased stuff like Volume 2. Man. We need that. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't exist, so. I want it. <laughs> I want it. Yeah, it never happened, so interesting. So they just replaced it with another volume three. Yeah, I guess they did. Cool. Well, do you want to get into this release? Yeah, man. History lesson, part two. All right, so we're still in the comp zone, 100%, and we've got, I think it's, is it 46 tracks to go through? 46 tracks, 59 minutes, 40 seconds. Wow. Yep. It's a it's a great comp of the Minutemen. And it, it's kind of all over the place for the early Minutemen, I guess. You know what I was thinking though, Ryan? Like who was buying this on CD in 1987? Not many people. Like I didn't start buying CDs and probably until, I don't know, 1993. Probably same, same with me. And again, like, you know, $30 Canadian plus GST and PST. So it's pretty much like, you know, two weeks wages in order to get one CD in 93. Yeah. But this also came out on cassette, but it would have been one of those extra long cassettes that doesn't last very long. Totally. And it wouldn't have had all the tracks on the shell either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't fit them all. Yeah. So there are just a ton of different locations and things to go through. Most interestingly, though, is this is the first time that we're going to go through two releases, The Politics of Time and the Tour Spiel EP. Everything else we've went through, but that's that's more than half. So mm -hmm. it still is a lot of new stuff for us, for sure. And a lot to dig in just on those. So uh, might as well get going and start with the first seven tracks, which is off the Paranoid Time EP, which was originally released SST002. So that's our second episode break. Back, Yikes. Back when we were what? <laughs> Greener than goose shit, for sure. That's right. Uh, but for people that want to hear about Paranoid Time when we were less green, perhaps, you can listen <laughs> to the SST32 episode, the My First Bells comp, when we had the amazing Linda Kite on. And we go through a bit of paranoid time on there. Uh, but this is this is like classic Minuteman Watt with a pick and Watt singing too. Um, some great tracks on here that are just classics. Um, in order, it goes Validation, The Maze, which has that cool Oompa vibe. Definitions, which is demanding that you throw away your dictionaries. Sickles and Hammers, the great instro. Fascist, 
Joe McCarthy's ghost, which you have to scream along to when you're, when you're listening to it. Awesome. Watt bass playing on that track too. Like kind of no means no esque sounding too. Yep. I didn't write that for this one, but I definitely picked out a few no means no, uh, especially the bass sound yes. a few times. Yep. Yep. Not, not with that one, but I can see, I can see that on that one too. I probably said this at the time, like when we did this originally, but early Minutemen isn't my go-to. Like I was, I was all about post merch volume two, uh, which is, right. you know, mid era stuff. Uh, and then like double nickels, three-way tie and ballot result. Yep. And I always forget how awesome this, this stuff is and this single in particular. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And then it, it ends of course with the song, uh, paranoid chant where they're, Paranoid about World War Three. I, I actually like this better than Postmerge Volume One. I think this comp. Yeah. Oh, I can see that for sure. I mean, Postmerge Volume One has got one of my favorite Minutemen LPs on it, though. So yeah. Do you know Ryan what our ballot result choice was for Paranoid Time? Hell no, and I knew I knew you would. So please tell us. <laughs> Definitions. Yeah, and I probably lobbied for that one because I love yep. it. Throw away your dictionaries. This has got the great Raymond Pettibone artwork, though, too, with, like, you know, the film crew of Ronald Reagan and that woman looking at you breaking through the fourth wall. Just an awesome single. Yep. Then we bust into, at track 8910, the Joy EP, which is a New Alliance Records number four from 1981. We covered it on My First Bells, episode 32. It's going to come up again at SST 214. So we're going to do a bit of a deep dive. Well, another deep dive into this one <laughs> in, uh, you know, what, a couple of years from now. The thing that struck me about this back to back with Paranoid Time, though, is this recording sounds very advanced back to back with Paranoid Time. And I think it's for sure it's the studio, yeah. you know, it was recorded in a different studio, different production it definitely is at another level and the vocals too have got a bit more of a produced sound to them. Yeah. I, I noticed the same thing for sure. Yeah. It's a great single though. Joy is a classic with the song joy, which is a, a funky tune, black sheep, and then more joy. It's a great single, but only three songs though, right? Like paranoid time yeah. has seven and this one only has three. So this is like a real Minuteman EP cause it's so short. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Joy is 52 seconds. Black Sheep is one minute, six seconds. And then the B side, <laughs> More Joy, is also one minute, six seconds. So the entire thing is three minutes long, which is just hilarious to me. Yeah. yeah. But let's uh, let's not give it all away. Let's save a little bit of morsels for episode 214 on that one. Yeah. The one thing I'll note is that Des Kadena gets a co-rate on More Joy. Yep. That's a Boone Kadena Watt composition yep. for sure. Yeah, we won't... We won't talk too much more about it, but some interesting stuff going on with the recording for sure. Definitely. And the artwork. Yeah. Cool. Then we get into the Bean Spill EP. And this is the one that was put out by Joe Carducci's label, Thermidor 1982. We covered it on SST 32, the My First Bells comp. And this is uh, where the lyric, spill the beans that make me sing off the Split Red song Interesting to note, though, that when I was looking at the order of the songs on this comp and then at, on the, the single, 
it's all, it almost seems like they reverse the order of the sides on the on this it comp, hey? Yeah, it is reversed, yeah. Yeah. The other side starts off at track 11 on this comp. It goes split red if Regan played disco and case closed. Then it goes to the this side side with afternoons and futurism restated. And that's where D's brother, Jay Boone, gets a co-write with Watt on that track. Yeah. Uh, Split Red was re-recorded for What Makes a Man Start Fires. Yep. I think the A-side, what I'll call the A-side, if Reagan played Disco and Case Closed, are from the same sessions as Joy at the Casbah. They were, yeah, so November 1981. Yep. Same, you betcha. So they, uh, you know, they have that good production. This one's also got the... Uh, the rather obscene uh, label on it, yeah. the Pettibone yeah. drawing where it's a dude, <laughs> nude from the waist down, and the, you know, the spindle hole is the guy's butthole in the picture. Yep. I, uh, he's got a heart on the size of an East Coast lighthouse there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan, if Reagan played disco was our ballot result choice for My First Bells. No way. Yeah. Really? Well, it's a great track. Yeah. I actually, I probably said this on that, that episode, but I, that's Mike Watt singing If Reagan Played Disco, right? I believe so, yeah. I think I always thought that was D Boone. Yeah, well, he sounds, on these early Minutemen tracks, Mike Watt sings different than he sings now, and he sings closer to how D Boone sang back then. Uh, the two tracks, Afternoons and Futurism, restated, Ryan? Yeah. I think maybe were recorded during the Punchline sessions. It's just a guess, though, because uh, they were recorded at Media Art in, in Hermosa Beach, which is where that was recorded. Was uh, Is it the same months, February and April of 81? Uh, yep, two, four, 2 and 4, 81 is what it says on the Bean Spill and then what LP label. Yeah, but what about the Punchline? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's how we would know. Good guess, though. Homework. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's get into the next 27 tracks, which is the Politics of Time LP. First released on New Alliance Records in 1984. It's catalog number 17. We're going to see it again at SST 277. It's the first time we're doing this LP on the show. Don't want to go through all of it. We're going to save some morsels for 277. But I thought I would read an entry out of the excellent Wailing of a Town to kick us off on this LP. Don't worry, there's another one. Okay. This is what Watt said. This was a Minuteman record, just to get things out there because Double Nickels wasn't coming out on time, so we put this out ourselves. D. Boone did the cover on a brown shopping bag. It's really weird. It's strange. Guys made out of newspaper. This is all ours. You could tell it's our typewriting, our packaging. And S yep. SST is like not involved in this whatsoever. Yeah. The first seven tracks were recorded at the Casbah, November 1981, remixed 1983 by Ethan James. Yeah. And some great tracks there too, right? It starts off with uh, Bass King. And I should mention too for folks, it has really good detailed Minutemen-esque liner notes on the back of the jacket. Mm -hmm. I've actually got a New Alliance version and I haven't looked at it for a while. I... I forgot about this though. It's my jacket somehow along the way got super sun bleached 
because I, mm. I think it's like a pink cover, but I've got a whole big white stripe down the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear this song, Bass King, it makes me think of that first song that Mike Watt ever wrote. Mr. Bass from Outer Space, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's ne- and I don't think either of them... Is Mr. Bass from Outer Space, is that a B-A-S-S? Maybe. Yeah, that one probably is. This one is B-A-S-E. It's a... Right, yep. But uh, it's a great... These are great tracks. Bass King is great. Working Men Are Pissed. Every time, every time I hear that song. Every time. I'm like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a union man, right? So I always have a soft spot for the kind of pro-labor songs when the Minutemen do them. Yeah. Yeah. The, The next track... I shook hands and I should mention uh, the first three are Watt compositions. Actually, Bass King is Boone Watt first and then uh, Working Men and I shook hands is Watt. The next one below the belt is a Hurley Watt composition. And then it goes into another Boone Watt Shit You Hear Apart is which I've always loved that track too. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the news is like a loud hum in my amplifier. It rings my head out like a filthy washcloth. Yeah, great, great lyrics. Uh, the big lounge scene, that's where uh, Powerful Hankrin's from. Love that. Yep. yep. Watt track. And then it goes into Material Right, which is has an awesome Mike Watt, you know, pick bass playing great chord kind of sequence. He's got a droning chording sequence on the bass with the pick. Love it. I w- it was actually George's playing on that song that stood out to me. He's just just grooving so hard on the toms and then he kind of hits the ride in this super sweet spot yeah he's in the pocket he owns the he's pocket. in the pocket owns he owns it. the pocket owns it yeah. so that's it for those tracks from the casbah then we get to uh the next track is tune for wind god this was recorded april 24 1983 at a dried riverbed in the mojave desert near victorville california and it says Thanks to Bruce Liker, Joe Biza played the other guitar. Now, this is a Desolation Center show. Yeah, uh, well, Bruce recorded it. Yeah. Bruce, of course, from Savage Republic Independent Project Records, who also has a book out, Ryan, with a bunch of his artwork from Independent Project Records. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude. I got to check that out. Yeah. Well, there's an entry in A Wailing of a Town from Stuart Sweezy about this show. No way. Way. Savage Republic, Minutemen, Sunday, April 24, 1983. And here's the Wire 5154 tie-in. Okay? Okay. This is what Stuart said. And we had Stuart on the show too, don't forget. That's right. Uh, At some point, I decided to start promoting my own shows under the name Desolation Center. And I did a few shows at rehearsal and warehouse spaces and, of course, did some with the Minutemen. On a road trip to Mexico with friends, we were driving through the Sonora Desert and listening to all our favorite music on cassettes, including things like Wire's 154 album, Savage Republic, and The Minutemen. It hit me at some point that what Desolation Center should do was change the environment where people would experience music. The first thing I wanted to do was put on a show out in the Mojave Desert. Bruce Liker from Savage Republic said that they knew a dry lake bed in the high desert near Victorville and they would be up for playing a show there. The Minutemen were also down for it as they really like to play in any unusual session. So that's it. They rented three school buses. They rolled people out. They called the show 
Mojave Exodus after the Savage Republic song Exodus. Here's what Stewart says about this track. The Minutemen did a great instrumental with Joe Biza on guitar that was recorded by Bruce Liker and ended up on one of their records as Tune for Wind God. That's this one. Yeah. It's a cool jam with Joe on yeah. guitar. And and it kind of, you know, it really starts the mixture of sounds and locations that is now kind of almost the rest of this record. The first seven tracks start out pretty cohesively. Now we're getting a little bit all over the place for a lot of the record. Yep. Into the next track, uh, which is track 24 on the comp, Party With Me Punker, a Watt track recorded July 12th, 83 at their Prac Pad in Long Beach, California. Yeah. By Richard Derrick and James Ellis, who I'm assuming were friends of the band. They both played on the D Boone and the Stone Puppies track on Taste Test Number One. Aha. Uh-huh. And Richard Derrick is all over that D Boone and Friends yep. album as well. Yeah. And the next two tracks are re- recorded at KPFK Studio C- City, California, which is a radio show recorded November 27, 1982. The Process and Joy Jam. And Joy Jam has got spot on clarinet. The Spotinator. Four minutes and 46 seconds. Easily the longest track on this comp by a long shot. Yeah. The process, Ryan, has definitely got some no means no vibes for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, again, like, if you're playing funky with a pick on a P bass, it's pretty hard not to hear some no means no. Yeah. Well, and especially if the bass is one of the main instruments in the band mm-hmm. and there's a bit of distortion on the bass. Yeah. Yeah. Then we go into three tracks that appear to be reactionaries tracks, basically. Tony Gets Wasted in Pedro from January 79, recorded as the reactionaries in the shed in back of Greg's house. Martin Tamburovich is singing. Mm-hmm. Then it goes into Swing to the Right from September of 80. And Raza C, also September 80. Yep, another one from Hurley's Shed. The Tony Gets Wasted in Pedro's for sure on that Water Under the Bridge 1979 Reactionaries album. Yep. Or the other two? I can't remember. Swing to the Right and Raza C are not on that Water Under the Bridge comp, but there are two versions of Tony Gets Wasted in Pedro. Awesome. All right, now we're going to Mike's Living Room. October 1980, with the tracks Times and Badges. These appear to be just Mike Watt jams, because it says without D or George. Right. Kind of cool tracks. I mean, again, we're getting really into the mixed bag feel on the Politics of Time album. The next seven tracks, though, are much more cohesive. Recorded December 26, 1980. At the Blah Blah Cafe in Studio City, California. Recorded by Joe Biza. And I don't, that's a play, a venue I don't know if I've ever heard of before. Yeah. Like it's not a well-known venue for, of that era, for sure. Yeah, it may not have been up that long. Maybe. Uh, the first track is Fodder. And then it goes into uh, Futurism Restated, which we had on the Bean Spill EP. Yeah, apparently this version has a full extra verse of lyrics. Yeah, it's also credited as Jay Boone and Watt. Yep. Then it goes into Hollering, a Watt, another Watt composition. Suburban Dialect, another by Watt. Contained, and it notes here both Dee and Mike singing. A Hurley Watt composition, 
on trial watt and then spray can wars also watt you can tell these are early songs hey yeah yeah oh for sure 1980 right like they had just stopped being the reactionaries when this stuff is going down yeah now we're on to track 39 on the comp which is my part recorded february 28th 1983 copenhagen denmark without mike and george and then it says thanks to mugger and there's an entry in the get in the van book on this date Mm. yeah so this would have been recorded by mugger on the, the black flag tour yep now it doesn't really talk too much about this particular show it's just some Henry musings about what. It's quite funny. You'll as soon as I start saying this, you're going to know exactly the one it is, right? Is it the one where he never shuts up? Nope, no. It's the one where he likes. To, it's the one where he likes to make him fight. So this is uh, February twenty eighth, nineteen eighty three, Copenhagen, Denmark. Henry Rollins get in the van. We have found a way to get Watt so pissed off that he might have a cardiac arrest. It's simple. We start telling him that his girlfriend is with some punker with a mohawk now that he's away from home. He always goes for it and gets mad and calls us a bunch of motherfuckers. Another thing to do to pass the time is to get Watt and D Boone into one of their epic arguments. It's easy. Set up any topic. Chances are they already disagree. When one guy says something, anything, just say to the other, are you going to let him say that kind of shit to you? Don't take that shit from him unless you're scared of him. Well, I guess I see who really runs this band. After that, just get out of the way. Boone and Watt will go at it like Siamese fighting fish. <laughs> There's no entries on this date from specifically from Spiels of a Minuteman, but there are some uh, like references to you know gigs in the past in Copenhagen. But uh, that's my part. And then it goes into the next track, track 40, Fanatics. Recorded March the 4th, 1983 in Brixton, England. And it says, thanks to the soldier dolls. Note the quality of the recording. And we'll get into this when we do episode uh, uh, 277. But it sounds like this recording was actually x-rayed and, rec- and ruined it. That's why, it's, that's why it <laughs> sounds that way. Um, uh. it's not, this particular gig is not listed in Get in the Van the March 3rd and March 5th dates are, but they, he doesn't really talk about this show. Mm-hmm. Then it's track 41, the song Ack, 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 originally by the Urinals. This is uh, March the 1st, 1983, in Aarhus, Denmark. There is an entry in Get in the Van, but Watt has got a great entry in Spiels of a Minuteman on this one. He says, and he's actually got an entry for March the 1st and March the 6th, right after this. This is like the tail end of the tour. Then they beat it back to the U.S. and do like 10 straight days. 10 straight days right after this European tour. Just animals. Tuesday, March the 1st, Mike Watt. We were very lucky. After the border thing, the lady who owned the club in Osnabrück, Connie, let us stay there three days. She was very nice. She called us her boys. The last day we were there, Sunday, February 27. So that's that would have been the day before they go to Copenhagen. Richard Held played her place and they let us and Black Flag open for them. We didn't get a sound check and half the PA went out, but we had a lot of fun. I mean, we got to play with Richard Hell. He was great. I even shook his hand. Yesterday we took the ferry to Denmark to play Copenhagen. So that's the February 28th show. We played real good and I think the people liked it. A lot of energy involved. 
D. Boone and I even rubbed our instruments together, Blue Oyster Cult style. Right now, we're driving to Aarhus, Denmark for our gig tonight. It sure is hard to write in the van when it's moving. So that, then after they're done, Aarhus, and they're finishing up in the UK, Sunday, March the 6th. So Aarhus was great. We even got an encore. We played some coffee house sort of place about the size of the anti-club in Hollywood called the Hoost. It was a collective run by artists and funded by the city. It was real neat. I got some pictures of the folk art inside the place. The day after the show, we took the ferry back to England. And then he says, whoops, I forgot we played Copenhagen the night before. It was a great gig. Nig Heist even played again. And it was a goodbye to the continent. Then he basically starts talking about how they head her back to the States. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, man. Then there's uh, one one last track before we get into the final collection. One last track on the Politics of Time LP, The Big Blast for Youth, recorded September 24, 1983 at the Longshoreman's Hall, Wilmington, California. And this is uh, Hurley, Boone, Watt, Martin Tamburovich on sax, and Dirk Vandenberg on trumpet. Total jam for sure. Yeah. So it's cool they put out this record. I'm looking forward to getting into it again, doing the deep dive in uh, yeah. in a few years. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then um, this comp closes out with the Tour Spiel EP. And this is the only time on the show we're going to get this one. This is it. This ain't coming up again. And this was originally released on Reflex Records 1985, of course, the Husker Du label. And there's four tracks on here. This was recorded on the Campaign Trail Tour, 1984. Four covers. It's interesting. Like the cover, it kind of looks like like it's a really like hardcore punk mm-hmm. look, you know? It looks yeah. like it could almost be a seven seconds <laughs> skins, brains, and guts type EP look, you know? Well, that's probably the reflex thing. It's different. You know, it's... It's not New Alliance and it's not SST, right? Yeah. So they're going to have their own aesthetic for sure. They do kind of use the the New Alliance font and the typewriter font all over it. Yeah. Um, I This, I think, was the last e- uh, release on Reflex, which, if people don't know, was Husker Du and Terry Katzman's label. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody knows that. Yeah. It's fun, like it's listed as 1985 on Discogs, but... It has it as Ref- Reflex Records 1984 on the jacket, so who knows there? Hmm. Um, it might be because I've got a, I've got an English pressing. I don't know if that makes all the difference or not, but it's cool. Watt is um, doing his like blowfish look with his cheeks on the front. Yeah, rocking the thunder broom. This is actually like. This is the Thunderbroom too that we're gonna see on the fire early Firehose records before he starts putting things like Kira's pictures on it stuff. It's a it's a '80s Fender bass with that badass bridge on it and the jazz P bass pickups just rocking it. Um, and then Georgie's got the unit just looks like it's just drenched in sweat, <laughs> but he's got a wicked effigies shirt on. And uh, this is when Watt and D. Boone, they've got shaved heads too, hey? Mm-hmm. Before they start growing them out and going uh, Castro-esque, I guess. Yep. Um, the first track is uh, number 43 on the comp. 
and we've had it on the show before in the Double Nickels episode. It's Ain't Talking About Love, the Van Halen song from their self-titled 1978 album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Double Nickels version is only on the LP. Right. I believe. And it's a different version. This is live. This is all live at, I think, at a radio station or something. It says on the back, it says, recorded live to tr- recorded live to two track in front of an audience of about 15 on August 24th, 1984 at the Sound Factory Studio in Tucson, Arizona. Hmm. The next track then, of course, is a bit of a classic Minutemen cover, The Red and the Black, originally by Blue Oyster Cult, 1973, from their Columbia album, Tyranny and Mutation. Yeah, Watt still does this song, I think, to this day when he plays live. You betcha. Um, he also, he does this and Bermuda, the Rokey Erickson song too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like every time. Um, then we get into some credence with the song Green River written by John Fogarty during the CCR days off the album of the same name from 1969 on fantasy records. Yep. And, uh, actually speaking of CCR, um, Watt goes on a bit of a CCR spiel on that latest uh, Watt from Pedro show with Andy oh, Kerr yeah. on it. Yeah, he just he tears Mardi Gras a new one. He says it's just a shitty CCR <laughs> album. Well, he's not wrong. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then finally, the last track on the tour spiel EP and the last track on this comp, Lost, written by uh, I don't know which Kirkwood brother. It's a Meat Puppets song off Meat Puppets Two from 1984, though. It would have been Kurt for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they did that and the red and the black in studio versions on three way tie for last. Yep. And on the back it says, yeah, I think I mentioned recorded. Oh, it says recorded direct to two track in front of a live audience, quote unquote, of about 15 people. Uh, engineer Steve English, all credit for mix goes to him. Not to be confused with Cecil English. No. Nice. Nice. (laughs) For people don't, who don't know, that is a wicked no-means-no reference. Nice. And DOA. And DOA. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, it says on the back, this record is dedicated to those who served with us on the Campaign Trail 84 tour in the following towns. And then it lists them all. Um, it gives a shout-out to the Hooskers for Minneapolis. Also gives a shout-out to the Meat Puppets in Phoenix. Uh, sleeve photos by Jennifer taken in Salt Lake City. Uh, it says Martin Tamburovich was the roadie for the first five weeks. And then Davo and Tom were the roadies for one week near the end of the campaign trail tour. Yeah. Now, Brant, this is the only time we get this EP on the show. And it's got some dead wax. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now, it's not easy to read, though. Hang on. Now, you remember what you're not supposed to do before the meal, right? Spiel, of course. Don't spiel before the meal. So here you go. Side A says, don't eat your cauliflower. And side B says, without the broccoli. <laughs> That's going to be hard to take a picture of, but I'll do my darndest. Okay. All right, man. Is it time for the ballot result? I guess so. Like, Do we need to talk about the artwork on the actual comp? Well, I mean, the artwork on the comp is basically a collage of the artwork from all of the releases that we've covered Uh, or will cover yeah we already yeah and the only one that we will only cover once 
was the tour spiel EP. And that's kind of why I did a, a micro dive into it. Makes sense. The inner jacket basically reproduces all the liner notes from all of them in ultra, ultra small font. So it's my, my only complaint about the artwork is I believe the yellow LP uh, label on the back is supposed to represent the tour spiel or the uh, bean spill bean spill it, it's supposed to be his bunghole yeah yeah i would have preferred if they put the actual pettibone art on there censored yeah totally sst censorship man whoa yeah all right man well then let's do the ballot result ballot result so we've got 46 to pick from we've probably picked three of them already is that right i believe so i believe so yeah yeah so there's lots and lots to choose from. I've got my faves listed here. Yeah? Yep. Go for them. I'll tell you if there's any overlap. The red and the black. Always love that, their version of that. Really? Yep. Oh, no way. Tony gets wasted in Pedro. What? It's reactionaries, man. I mean, I, That's awesome. I mean, I like it, but is it that good? Shit you hear at parties. Yes. Working men are pissed. Yes. Case Closed would probably be my pick. Love that song. Mm. Black Sheep and Joe McCarthy's Ghost. No way. Yeah. Well, I think the overlap for me, I had, you know, a few stragglers here and there. I really like Futurism Restated. I love, you know, wheel is a, <laughs> the wheel is an extension of the foot and then how it ramps up into the fast part. Just love that. Um, but I have overlap on Working Men Are Pissed, and I guarantee that you and I are. Yeah, let's do that. Done. Say it in simple words, man. That's right. Awesome. Ryan, what's next week? Next week, Brent, we're going to go wasted again. It is SST 166, the Black Flag Comp, wasted again. We can just like stay in the comp zone. We don't even have to we don't have to leave it until after the end of next episode. That's right. A whole week stuck in the comp zone? <laughs> It's like we can do it. It's like it's like uh what's that like? It's almost like being in the computer for Tron or something. <laughs> We're gonna be stuck in the computer like in Tron. <laughs> I'm in. All right. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all at Mojack Pod. We post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show. Our blog is mojackpod.com. Please check it out for some exclusive content. If you like what we do and want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes is also appreciated. We love hearing your opinions, corrections, and feedback, so feel free to post on our social media sites and send us an email to mojackpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all the support, and we hope to see you next week.